Labyrinth. Come in. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from here to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Hello and uh, welcome to This Is Brendan 57. Uh, my special guest today is a wrestler from the West Coast, Eli Surge. Uh, we've not met in person, and you hear over the conversation the um, how we got to know each other. And I legitimately asked some questions because I don't know him, but we both love conspiracy theories. And if you look at the album artwork, that's actually post-it notes, Bigfoot that he made uh, during the quarantine and you hear him chat about it a little bit on the podcast also we tried to do this as an instagram live and this just the connection wasn't the best so i'm gonna snippet that instagram live section and post it at the end of this video or this podcast sorry uh so you could hear the technical difficulties but i hope you enjoy the podcast hey simon we're fucking them up turning them cycles everybody rock lifting the house down and I'm currently recording this actually December 1st when this is getting posted. I'm going to go to sleep after I post this. But Wade Allen asked me a question and I'm going to save it for the Saturday's episode with Spencer Love. Uh, I feel like it would more so play into that episode. And I wanted to keep this Eli focus because at the end of this episode, we just start talking about our friends and how happy and proud of our friends we are so but uh for anyone out there there's uh, a chapter page 143 from the war of art i'm pretty sure i've read different parts of this book on the podcast but i just finished reading it i think yesterday at work and um i'll just read it it's about a page in a little bit so i'll just get through this hold on one second i also feel a little bit like a preacher when i'm reading out these pages but it's talking about fear, and I actually wrote down, it's okay to evolve, so I won't read the first page, but the second page starts off with what our real fear is. Fear that we will succeed, that we can access the powers we secretly know we possess, that we can become the person we sense in our hearts we truly are. We fear discovering that we are more than we think we are, more than our parents, children, teachers think we are. We fear that we actually possess the talent our still small voice tells us that we actually have the guts, the perseverance, the capacity. We fear that we truly can steer our ship, plant our flag, reach our promised land. We fear this because if it's true, then we become estranged from all we know. We pass through a membrane, we become monsters and monstrous. We know that if we embrace our ideals, we must prove worthy of them. And that scares the hell out of us. What will become of us? Will we lose our friends and family who will no longer recognize us? We will wind up alone in the cold void of starry space with nothing and no one to hold on to. Of course, this is exactly what happens. But here's the trick. We wind up in space, but not alone. Instead, we are tapped into an unquenchable, undepletable, inexhaustible source of wisdom, consciousness, companionship. Yeah, we lose friends, but we find friends too, in places we never thought to look. And they're better friends, truer friends, and we're better and truer to them. Do you believe? So, that is from The War of Art. Uh, check out that book if you're pursuing any uh, artistic endeavors. 
Doing all nighters, no days off Great hairs and a little blow weight loss I predict, I predict, I predict, I predict Disturbing London got the whole city panicking I've been Nostradamus, this my nip nip nigga and so right before I get to the podcast, so coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, December 2nd, I'm doing an Instagram Live with Sean Gibson from Barry Wrestling. Ask some questions, I put up it on my Instagram story and my Facebook, my Holden Albright page and my personal page. And this Saturday, my Spencer Love interview will go up. This Thursday, if I edit it in time tomorrow, uh, the flea market toy hunt from September last year with Gabriel Fuerza and Mark Wheeler. It's a real fun one. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Follow Eli Surge. The plugs will be down below. Also, if you can donate to uh, Chris Tidwell's wife, Kelly's uh, cancer treatment, the GoFundMe link is down below. Go Hard Pro Wrestling presents the Ontario Indie Holiday Special, which will be Christmas Eve. Uh, the links are down below. I'm at Holden Pro, at Brendan C. Brendan Caulfield, Holden Albright Thanks. Thank you very much. Don't be afraid to contact me for questions, because uh, I need to fill up that middle segment of these intros. But... Thank you very much. Uh, next week, actually, next Tuesday, I'm doing my monthly book review uh, podcast slash video. And uh, what books have you read recently or some of your favorite books? Let me know and I'll read them at the end of the episode. Thank you very much. I will talk to you all very soon. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, a good night. Just have fun. Stay safe, sane, and healthy. Sorry, I'm running on fumes now. I'm going to go to sleep as soon as I finish editing this. But thank you, everyone. I truly appreciate all the fucking support. Uh, Patreon starts January 1st, so stay tuned to that. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you all very soon. Thank you very much. Uh, exclusive podcasts will be available right from the first day, including episodes that I will never publicly publish. So I'll talk to you all very soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm grateful for all these supports. If this gets 10 downloads, 100, 1,000, I don't care. I appreciate all of you. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you all soon. Enjoy this interview. I predict an earthquake up in here. Say yeah. I predict an earthquake up in here. Cause we throw bombs on it. Throw bombs on it. Just smash something. Yes, much for me. Hey, yes. but I do want you to explain that background for me. Oh, well, this is my friend Bigfoot. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be one of my next tattoos. Uh, we have the, the aliens coming down uh, because some people believe that 
Bigfoot actually is a an alien or an interdimensional being. I've um, heard those theories. Yeah, personally, not my theory. I think it's just a, you know, more of a bipedal, I guess. something closer to that than an alien, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, I mean, I was mentioning when we were on Instagram Live that I spent seven years as a, an outdoor education instructor, and things like bears can just sneak up on you sometimes. So the idea of a intelligent bipedal race who doesn't want to be seen hiding in the woods, I think is completely plausible. Makes sense. Are those all done via post-it notes also? <laughs> sure are. Yeah. Wow. You, yeah. Are, you are fucking talented. Uh, I was bored during the pandemic, let's say that. <laughs> you got a cool yeah. backdrop now. You got a cool backdrop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. So, uh, what I was getting before is you started at Storm Wrestling Academy in September 2015. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yes. 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 So, was that the three the three month program, like the twelve week thing? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a Monday to Friday, uh, four hours a day, three months. Um, I I guess you'd call it intensive. Um. But it was it was crazy because he guaranteed a certain amount of time, like nine to one o'clock or something, but off or ten to one o'clock, but you could often come in early and he would talk with you before or go over stuff and he would off, often stay late as well. So you got you got a lot for your buck. And it's uh it was certainly a, a helping a healthy name to have beginning in the beginning of wrestling. And were you from Alberta, or did you relocate that there because of oh, storm? No, uh, I originally am from Victoria, the okay. British Columbia, <laughs> um, and I had looked at a bunch of schools. Was considering going. Um, Santino's, I don't think had opened or was soon to open when I started. Okay. Uh, and I didn't know of much else in Ontario, and I didn't know of anything in British Columbia, um, and I told my my girlfriend that i was looking at doing this wrestling stuff and she said just do it because you never commit to anything so (laughs) (laughs) uh half out of spite i signed up and moved with her out there and uh lived out there six months three of which i was training see uh you mentioned talking to your girlfriend about commitment there's a story that uh there's someone that trained with me because i started like a year and a half before you did and it was they trained at Squared Circle with me, and then Squared Circle closed down, and we both basically ended up at Super Kicked, and we had to like do promos one class. And when people can't cut promos, it goes to just be real, talk about what you love and whatever. And mm-hmm. the, he went into a diatribe <laughs> that he divorced his wife, and he was... Okay, so he's taking a break from wrestling training because his wrestling school closed. And then he went to pick up stand-up comedy. And his now ex-wife said, oh, are you just going to quit that like you quit wrestling? Whew. That was like the <laughs> biggest... He, it was the biggest heel comment. And it's that awkward moment was me and two other trainees where we're staring at each other, making sure like none of us laugh. Because it's just yeah. funny. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, there were there were some real people that went real in promos when I was training with Storm. But the the real standout was um, he now he wrestles in Australia right now under the name Kai Drake, and he showed up in a <clears throat> a mustard bottle costume <laughs> with two bottles of mustard, um, and talked about how his thighs weighed five hundred pounds each. Um, <laughs> Did any of it make sense? No, but five years later, I can't stop thinking about it. Those are those are the stories in wrestling that you can't really explain, but it's just a, now a memory that's stained on your brain. Yes, <laughs> a deep mustard stain, if you will. <laughs> There's no uh, tied pen stick that can get it off. No, 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 no. So you've, I did. Uh, you know, I did also. Oh, sorry. Oh no! No, sorry. Go ahead, please. Uh, I did also when I was at Storm. I trained with uh, H- Rachel Ellering, who yeah. uh, is she at NXT now? Did she leave NXT? I think she um, left like right before or at the early stages of those pandemic releases. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but her promos were outstanding because her personality is um, <clears throat> very similar to what you would think of when you think of Kylie Ray, very bubbly, very smiley, but yeah. she also had a very, um, she had some darkness to draw on um, and really knew how to do so. So there, I, yeah, there's a reason that she's gone places. <laughs> It's that versatility in there. It's a uh, everyone like can be nice and stuff, but it is that extra edge to you of when you pick and choose to. It's like uh, firing up during a match or something. You need to change that gear at some point. Mm-hmm. Kick it into fifth. Yes. Uh, what was some like early challenges you had in wrestling, either training or when you started doing shows, besides wearing glasses as a referee? <laughs> Uh, right out of the gate, um, my biggest critique from Storm was that I don't move like an athlete. Um, so trying to find a way to make myself more athletic or appear more athletic, at least, um, because I grew, I grew up playing pretty much every sport under the sun, you know, basketball, volleyball, football, rugby, hockey, ice hockey, roller hockey, street hockey, um, all the, all the stuff. Um, so I was going in with the idea of I can do anything athletic and then to get that and realize that I can do a standing moonsault, but it doesn't look smooth. Um, so trying to find a way to work into that, which now has led to what I am as a character, um, and the fact that I wear gum boots to the ring. So, um, it's no surprise if I, you know, look a little clunky cause I'm the weirdo that talks about conspiracies and walks on the top rope in gumboots. It works for you. Where did, uh, I, I don't know if your, uh, if your character started this way or did it slowly evolve? Like the Holden Albright of today, it's definitely way different than 
2015. It's now more into the serial killer elements. When did you start finding your groove of... Because we both seem like the type of guys that are into conspiracies and all these weird stuff in real life. It's not just an act. So when did you mm -hmm. blend that into your actual in-ring character? Uh, it started last summer. Um, <clears throat> there, there was a show... Uh, in Vancouver, it's kind of it was the biggest show at the time called Commodore Ballroom, and there's a group of four, like my group of friends, uh, is myself, Elliot Tyler, Travis Williams, and Judas Icarus, and the other three of them got put in a match with David Starr. So mm -hmm. naturally, I was kind of like, well, what about Eli? And I started sort of making conspiracy theories about why I wasn't in the match. Um, so I started going off with numbers and how they tied to the moon and the gods of Egypt and all that kind of stuff. Um, just on Twitter because I, you know, had nothing else to do. Um, and I, it kind of, it kind of started to get over with, uh, with at least the boys and at that time, I then got uh, quite, quite sick, and I ended up spending 11 days in the hospital um, <clears throat> with a, uh, a bone, blood, and skin infection. Um, so while I was there, I kind of just started thinking about what the character is and how I should tie that to things that I enjoy. And the overall story arc was supposed to play out throughout uh, another year in which that it was revealed that I started seeing things differently because of my sickness and that at the following Commodore ballroom, when I was taken out of the group I was in at the time, the moonshine mafia, that's when everything sort of clicked and I started seeing things clearly. Um, and that was supposed to lead for another, <sighs> six to 12 me trying to get at Judas Icarus for the championship. Um, because now I could see clearly and I had all of this stuff on my side, including the reptilians and UFOs and Bigfoot under the ring. And, um, <clears throat> unfortunately because of the pandemic and then because of, um, some internal issues, I no longer work with the company that that was supposed to play out with. Um, but, uh, I'm still c continuing with the character because it's the most fun I've had in wrestling and it gives me much more to play off of as opposed to fiery baby face or pissed off heel. <laughs> Fair breakdown. I, I love the fact that of, uh, having those ballroom shows as like WrestleMania or benchmark moments that you could have literally said oh so i was going to do this and then in four months it evolves into this six months it goes to this where at least in ontario there are some promotions that have a big show but most of their mm -hmm. storylines aren't really planned that way and mm -hmm. i had the benefit of at crossbody when i was wrestling with josh that uh josh alexander that we had the opportunity to tell a story and that's what really taught me a different element of pro wrestling it's not just the bell to bell stuff mm -hmm. and the fact that you were going to do it with like some of like your best friends i'm assuming like i only really know judas out of those cropping that you listed 
But yeah. doing that with people that you know and trust and you know that you're going to go out there and kill it because of that trust you have in each other, that's exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. And uh, yeah, I had it I had it laid down to the point of every show I had laid out what my match or what I would be doing at that show. I would have I had the promos, not word for word, but the uh, the idea of the promos between the shows laid out for an entire big run that would lead up to myself and Judas being a large match at the Commodore show. Um, and now here we are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you've definitely wrestled uh, more than I have during this pandemic because the West coast, it's a little more, uh, I wouldn't say you're smarter handling it, but the population density is a little more spread out. <laughs> It is. Um, we've been lucky to have our health minister kind of step in and lay the guidelines out. Whereas um, I know some provinces have been a little more lenient, I guess. Um, but we're also getting into a secondary, I don't want to say a secondary lockdown, but next weekend I was supposed to have a show in the Okanagan and they've restricted that anyone in the lower mainland Vancouver area should not be traveling outside of that because that's where the concentration of COVID cases is. So they had to pull me off of the show because of that. Uh, that sucks. But at least like, that's one of the things that there's a lot of bullshit in wrestling that you don't know it's out of your control. All you can control is yourself. And this is one of the things that this isn't every time I see wrestlers go, Oh, this sucks. This sucks. It's well, it's not just like, pandemic affected pro wrestling it affected everyone everywhere in the world it sure did <laughs> uh as, sure a conspir- did. as a conspiracy theory g- ah shit as a conspiracy theory guy do you have any uh character interest in the coronavirus Ooh, it's uh i tried to play into it in the beginning but i feel like it's such a polarizing situation now um, that I don't want to play into it and possibly hurt uh, not my character but uh, offend people I suppose Um, in the same way that I try to avoid political conspiracies Mm -hmm. um, I'd much rather talk about Bigfoot um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the reptilians is as, as close as I get to politics, really, or the I, per, perhaps the moon landing. Um, but I, yeah, I don't want to go that route yet. Once we have like a little more understanding, it's more because it's literally well now it's a little more settled in. But at, early on, every couple days we're hearing something new and we didn't know what. So it's kind of hard to put it into your character when that's going on. It sure is. And like at the beginning, I, uh, I put out a video talking about how we were going into lockdown because the birds are not actually real. They're just animatronic drones (laughs) and they needed to change the batteries on them. Um, (laughs) But now that we've been (laughs) where we are since March, I think the batteries are changing. I'm not quite sure what's happening. <laughs> like the crazy part about that, of what you're saying, it's 
some people, these aren't like character traits. There's real people that spout off this stuff on Facebook because they just read a meme. <laughs> That's where news comes from nowadays, is memes. Memes uh, and Twitter posts that you don't fact check. Oh, no, it's all headline, uh, headline readers. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what are some, like, uh, when it comes to wrestling, you said you played a bunch of sports. Where's your wrestling fandom begin to where you made that decision of committing to wrestling training? Like, for me, I'm a Stone Cold guy. I, I was seven during the Attitude Era, so I just bled into wrestling being my constant for the rest of my life. Um, normally I, I say that when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. There was two things I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling and the Simpsons, the Simpsons, because my mom thought Bart was a bad influence on myself and my brother <laughs> and wrestling because she didn't want us to beat each other up. Um, but still I watched wrestling and it was sort of, a an escape for me because I, uh, my real government last name is Hardy. So oh, shit. to look and see Matt and Jeff and see them doing incredible things and then go to school the next day and, you know, make up a, a false story about how they're my cousins and get, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, get some friendship points out of that uh, certainly boosted it. And then like a lot of people do, I kind of fell off in middle school uh, started high school, but uh, CM Punk is what brought me back in. The uh, the blending of reality and storytelling just was something I hadn't seen before. And when he talked about being the voice of the voiceless, I felt like I was the voiceless. <laughs> yeah, like I I definitely I I never there was a period of time around WrestleMania 19 that like family stuff and personal stuff was happening that it's kind of like a blank spot in my memory that I guess I repressed mm -hmm. and wrestling in there just kind of disappeared between WrestleMania 18 and 20. And uh, mm -hmm. when you brought out that whole fell out of it, I always have a theory that because wrestling never stops, like I enjoyed the TV show Dexter. It ran for eight seasons and then stopped. Wrestling never stopped. So all the fans just become disillusioned and they fall out of love with it. Like it's a relationship. And that's where like us as something wrestling related on a social media account that has old coworkers or whatever on it, you'll, the most random people will comment. Oh yeah. I loved wrestling this. I loved wrestling when this happened. I'm like, Whoa, you guys are wrestling fans. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's crazy how wrestling touches pretty much everyone. Um, well, postering, um, because I used after storms, I was, training with uh eddie osborne who runs 365 now love Eddie. yeah and uh he had a school in campbell river on vancouver island and it campbell river has i don't know it's probably got a population of under a hundred thousand um so it's it's not a big place you can walk side to side of it you know in an hour or two and you'd go out and you'd poster and everyone would have a story about when they were growing up, how they saw wrestling and how they still remember it. And they can still smell the popcorn in the place that they went to or how they traveled to Vancouver to see a big wrestling show where everyone's got a story. Um, everyone's been 
almost everyone has been influenced by wrestling in some way. Maybe not by the in-ring, but by the characters that go beyond wrestling, like Stone Cold or The Rock or John Cena. Um, and obviously, I mean, not obviously, but personally, I aspire to be something that transcends wrestling. And that's why I love, like, you have, uh, I, I, I got drawn that once you, like, once I first started seeing your stuff of, it's not similar to me for character-wise, but the commitment to it. And just those little, those tweaks of it being real and not cartoonish, like a lot of wrestling characters are. And it's, mm -hmm. you're committing to it, which that's what draws, you said you got over with the boys because of that gimmick. Pretty Ricky was the same way about two years ago that he started doing everything on Instagram. And I legitimately private messaged him and said, uh, did you go crazy? Like, did you get a concussion <laughs> or something? And mm -hmm. it's just him committing to it led to if anyone else did something similar to him, everyone would probably hate it because he wouldn't be committed to it properly. And it's just like be half-assing it where it's your character of like conspiracies and aliens. That's also a thing that I feel like people... People aren't going to admit they're wrestling fans, and they're not going to admit that they've spent way too much time watching YouTube videos or History Channel documentaries on aliens. <laughs> Everyone's got a little alien in them. Come on. Um. <laughs> we're all aliens, bro. We're, we're, we got crossbred with those Neanderthals. Yeah. <sighs> um. But yeah, I certainly, I certainly try to commit to the character uh, across social media. I do, um, even to the point where I get annoyed by it sometimes because I replace A's with fours, and sometimes it doesn't read the way I want it to. Um, and even in fan messaging on like Facebook Messenger, I reply in character. Um, so basically, since I rolled into this character, this is the first. Well, out of character thing I've really done when going public. Okay, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I I try to I try to keep it weird. Let's say that that's all that matters, and it's also that weird blending of, of it's not out of character, but it's how a lot of people in on our like independent wrestling and going for like shot for shot. You need to find that middle ground of reality and or maybe we don't have but we still have that twitter account for the for the week that we need to figure out how to do fresh content and stuff and mm -hmm. still have like a normal day-to-day -day life and like you, you with the tinfoil hats like that's perfect like when we tried to do the instagram live you had the tinfoil hat on where i i don't have the wolf mask on i'm wearing a nickelodeon shirt but that's also <laughs> become my but that's also become my branding of there is the Brendan side and then there's the Holden Albright side. And I legitimately do this podcast because I don't want to kill myself like Heath Ledger did in a hotel room. Mm -hmm. That's when commitment goes too far. Yeah. Um, I mean, I certainly have the other side, but uh, I don't. I've got ways of letting it out as opposed to you know, through social media, I guess it's more the character is my, uh, 
my escape and then I just get to go back to normal life. That's perfect. What are your aspirations in wrestling? Because you are you are pretty active where you are right now and giving me those lists of promotions. So you're not one of the guys that especially I I guess like the stigma that we have of Storm Wrestling Academy in Ontario, it's we haven't met too many of the good graduates. We get the ones mm-hmm. that went there and they think they're going to get signed to which it leads to when I asked you the three month program. But mm-hmm. when you take those opportunities to come in earlier and stay later, you will learn more. And clearly, if you're focused on the independent level, you have that passion and drive. So what are mm-hmm. some aspirations for yourself? Um, the main goal is just to be able to make a living off of wrestling, whether that's doing independent shows, three shows a week forever, or whether that's with a major company, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, and the Fed. Um, I just want to be able to come back from a weekend of wrestling and not have to immediately dive into another job. Uh, um, relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so the, it's that. And then after that, I mean, they say a lot of people say that you dream or you think that getting to wherever you want to be is the hard part. And then you get there and you realize, no, that was just the beginning. Yeah. So I try to think about that a lot. And I, I've always got ideas in the back of my head. So once I get somewhere, if they don't like exactly what I'm doing, I can change it up a little bit. Um, I've got different characters, mostly comedy because that's what I think I excel at, I suppose. Um, that I could just, you know, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Um, so getting there, focusing on going up and then just get to a level where I can be something out to the people outside of wrestling, I suppose. Okay. Do you have a, uh, so for me, I never really thought that I'd be, anything good in wrestling so i just wanted to like have a first match that i didn't even think of a contract or anything and i always mm-hmm. between doing podcasts video stuff i always thought i would do something in entertainment like i hope to be a presenter one day in my like 40s but i understood like oh wrestling's real fun and as long as it doesn't eat you up because i definitely one year into doing actual shows after training i was burnt out and i tried to quit wrestling <laughs> and I canceled a couple bookings and one booking that I canceled the promoter changed his cell phone number so he announced the match graphic for the show and I was like oh well I'll do this show and then I'll tell him that I'm done and then it was just so fun because I took a month off to breathe and be a normal person mm-hmm. and, and it became that oh this realistic of we're very lucky that when we started there's an indie wrestling boom that me and you, uh, if we didn't have a contract, we could still make a living off of wrestling just based off of traveling around and t-shirt sales and just hustling. So mm-hmm. what's your what's your plan, though, of, you said, reaching people outside of wrestling? Is there a Eli or a Mr. Hardy of 
what you would be doing if it's entertainment wise. I know you mentioned uh, outdoor stuff earlier. Is that something that you'd be interested in in your later years? Um, certainly is. I I think my quote unquote fallback would be to uh, to something along the lines of a, like a nature kindergarten. Um, oh wow. But is that a real thing or is that like an idea? It, at least on the West Coast, that's a real thing. <laughs> that's why I was asking because I was like, oh, you guys actually have like, we have little spurts of good nature spots, but mm-hmm. it's all that in the West Coast. Like I was excited to see like the Rocky Mounds when I was going out there and just like being in nature. So explain for the dumb, aka me, what is nature kindergarten? Uh, nature kindergarten. So it would spend half of your schooling time outside uh, learning about nature, whether that be, you know, going down a hill and tearing up moss and seeing how it connects to the earth and how it connects to itself or learning about how rain occurs and how the vapors go to the sky and come back down. Um, Just learning about the, the natural world we live in and then coming back inside and covering the academic standards that you need to now i figured out why everyone on the west coast is a little more like in touch with nature and a little more sensitive on that part we just had bill nye videos (laughs) (laughs) yeah when you uh i mean i grew up with a provincial park in as my backyard um so when you have that and as also on vancouver island you can snowboard in the morning and then kayak in the afternoon go surfing in the evening. Um, Bro, you're like, basically one of those like cash for life lottery commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you got the money to throw at it, yeah, you can do pretty much anything out here. Um, when I, yeah, I spoke about how I was an outdoor educator, but when I was doing that, I was leading uh, the, I guess the peak of, my job there was I was a leadership development counselor and I led, uh, it was a three week program in which we did nine days of sea kayaking. Um, you, we got dropped off in just outside of Victoria and we paddled up half the Island. Um, and then the other rotation of that was that we'd spend nine days canoeing and hiking through Strathcona Park, which is, you know, it takes up a good chunk of the island as well and uh, has the highest peaks in on the Vancouver Island, at least. So that's all yeah. super cool. I'm very jealous. Uh, are you still there, sir? Oh, yeah. 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 OK, I, I, I like that calmness to you of just like. I, I feel like I'm talking to a mature adult and in pro wrestling there isn't a lot of those because I, <laughs> I once heard that theory of you stay that same age of you are when you enter wrestling and unfortunately there's a lot of people way older than me that I see that and I'm like oh no I hope that's not me let me keep busy with other side projects but you mentioned earlier and I saw that the one year anniversary of your your uh your chair not charity but the fundraiser event for yourself Mm -hmm. for that infection you were in the hospital for 11 days yes sir how like i don't know how much you want to get into it but like how did that like 
was there just like a small like how Brock Lesnar had diverticulitis where it just started to grow out from there? Was there like a specific thing or just shit luck? Uh, it was mostly shit luck. Um, so I had I had a weekend where I wrestled in Vancouver on Saturday, and the Sunday I went down to uh, Everett to wrestle in a tag match. So just outside of Seattle. And I was feeling sore, but also uh, it was in like my lower back and that's pretty normal. So I was worse throughout the Monday after the shows uh, to the point where I went home from work and I had a nap and I woke up in shock because there was so much pain and I. Um, so being a dumb guy, I said, <laughs> no, I'll try to sleep it off. Um, and I did not sleep at all that night. And the next morning went to the ER and they said that either it was a torn muscle or a slip disc and that either way, just take medication and it'll deal with itself. Oh no. So for a week, for a week, I was basically bedridden before I went to the hospital. Um, and that started to clear up, but at the same time I started seeing swelling on one of my ankles. And thinking that it was because it was on the opposite side of my body from where the majority of my pain was. So I was thinking it was overcompensation from walking on one foot. So I raised it. I put ice on it for a day and it just kept getting more and more swollen. Um, so again, I returned to the hospital. They said it was a skin infection. They took my blood. They gave me an IV. They sent me home. They said, come back tomorrow. We'll give you some more stuff. It'll clear up in three days. Uh, the next day I was eating sushi on my bed and I got a frantic call from my mom saying, Hey, uh, is your phone working? Well, yeah, I'm talking to you on it right now. Uh, and because she was listed as my emergency emergency contact, the hospital couldn't get a hold of me. So called her saying that I needed to return immediately. Um, and when I got back, they told me that I had something called streptococcus canis um, which is basically just a bacteria that dogs, a lot of dogs carry, but it's very rare that it transfers to humans. Uh, so rare that I was the 74th case in the world of it happening. Wow. And, uh, from there they, they took me in and said, okay, we're going to get you set up with a room. It was on Canada day that this was happening. And weirdly enough, there was another, uh, another person with the same name as me who they called and ended up taking it to my room, doing a check-in and then realizing they took the wrong person. So that person had to come back down uh, and while passing me, uh, his mother said, Oh, you must be the right person. You're very lucky. That room has a nice view. And in my head, I was like, they're admitting me to the hospital. Like, yeah, that sounds very say creepy. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> She was right. It had a nice view when I watched fireworks <laughs> for Canada Day that night, but still. <laughs> what, was there a part of that that, like, in your mind, you went worst case scenario, like, you're not going to make it through this? Oh, yeah. There was a, there was a couple days in the middle where I just, like, uh, I could barely move. I couldn't hold food down. I couldn't sleep. Um, even taking all the pain medication they would give me, uh, my pain scale was like a, a six or a seven out of 10. And, uh, 
Yeah, there were times where I I just sort of accepted that I would not leave that hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that sort of messes with you and it kind of changes your mindset once you get out. <laughs> and also I picked up another bacteria while I was in the hospital. So they had to like quarantine me so that more people didn't get that. Um, mm-hmm. And even when I left the hospital after 11 days, I had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. Um, it was just, they didn't have to uh, constantly monitor me anymore. So they sent me home. But that didn't mean it was any better. It, it was better. Um, but they gave me uh, something called a pick line. So it was a, a tube that went into my bicep into a vein there and went directly to my heart and Attached to that was a pump, and every 12 hours I had to change the bag that was attached to that so that every four hours they could pump antibiotics directly into my heart uh, for another, I think it was two months after I left the hospital. Wow. So how long, when did you, so this is Canada Day, when did you, when were you cleared to wrestle again? Uh, I was told I was bacteria free in mid late September. Um, like a, like a bozo, I did not have a family doctor, so did not follow up much after that. So just started (laughs) getting back into the gym. Um, and I ended up turning to the ring in the end of did I lose you? Uh, yeah, there, you literally said Bozo started training and then there was a brief cutoff right when you said the end of, I want, I think it was going to be November, but I don't know because it broke out. Yeah, <laughs> it was the end of November okay. and uh, looking back on it, it was way too early, but I needed to scratch the itch. You you need to get the, the, that first one out of you too, even like just to test your limits to know that you weren't ready, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it was uh, it was for Vancouver Island Pro Wrestling, which kind of was the place that gave me the first real platform for me to develop myself. Um, so returning there, returning in my hometown of Victoria, where I knew I could, you know, have a bunch of people be happy that I was back. I just, I had to do it. So. I, I took, you said Bozo and yep, that's pro wrestling, but that whole, you said the first place I gave you an opportunity to develop. I feel like either not enough wrestlers get a promotion that gives them an opportunity to develop or they take it for granted. And then they look back and don't realize that they didn't use it to its full potential. What do you think was about uh, Victoria Island Pro Wrestling that gave you that chance to kind of figure yourself out? They uh, they sort of forced me into it. Um, <laughs> they put me in a they put me in a group with a bunch of people. Just the uh, the younger guys that were bitter that the older people were getting the opportunities and they weren't was the idea. And we called ourselves the Uprising. Okay and. They, they would give us matches, um, primarily the matches that I had were with Judas Icarus as my tag partner, um, and we even had a, a reign as the tag champions for like uh, 
almost 300 days. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. So them just kind of saying, here's the group. You guys figure out what you want to be. We have guidelines around where the story is like where we want the story to go. But as characters yourself, just figure it out. Um, and it was very, very freeing to have that opportunity and to be able to develop whether it's, you know, maybe I didn't develop into what I wanted, but it gave me a chance to try stuff out. Well, it's the fact that you keep using the word developed, which means you're figuring stuff out that it's a little more than just here's a direction or a character, just go do it as opposed to here's an idea, but you're still you. And I, a lot of promoters, I, I feel like they'll try to tell you what your character is as opposed to mm-hmm. letting you just be. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that is more of like a fault. And I was explaining to a promoter recently, just talking to him, I'm like, it's your vision. You're the director or the screenwriter. I am an actor, but I just happen to have my own character. You're not developing it. However you want to use my character in your overall story, I'm game for, but but don't tell me what I am. Exactly. Um, That being said, sometimes being strapped with a character, you... It's a blessing in disguise um, because with the the company that was running the Commodore shows, I was put into the group called the the Moonshine Mafia, and that's where wrestling in the gumboots came from. Um, because they told me to become a backwoods, whatever you want to <laughs> put on the end of that, um, and I wanted to find a a way to stand out not only from my group but from everyone else and. So putting on gum boots and uh, I already had a hat that says that said gone squatching on it. So that was an easy <laughs> add on um, <laughs> and just developing from, you know, the platform they gave me there as opposed to from scratch figuring something out. Yes, I, I definitely believe, especially you brought up that you were refereeing. I, I think and because I did it, a bunch of my other friends did it, that when you first start wrestling and like you're training that you should in, at least Ontario, we have like a green light thing of you're allowed to wrestle on real shows at that point. And it's learning how to referee. And then when you're refereeing matches with really good people that knows how to use the referee properly, that unlocks like a whole nother level and perspective in wrestling that not a lot of people get to experience. Was there something like that for you when you were refereeing? Yeah, um, I refereed a bunch. It's a very good baby step in into the ring for sure. Um, and they they even came up with a storyline of me getting fired as a referee and disgruntledly <laughs> trying to come back as a wrestler, um, which I just wanted to roll with. And then they gave me one match after that and said, we don't know what to do with you. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, but the refereeing experience is great because you get to, you get to see what actually happens, how, like you can feel how the ring moves when people are in there that know what they're doing. You can feel the energy of the crowds. 
Um, you can you can also see how important it is to have a good referee. Um, yes, because a lot of people don't want to referee; they want to be the wrestler, and some people should just well be referees. Um, we need referees. Some people, we need fans. Yeah. We need referees. We need ring crew. We need music people. It's all a part of the show. It's just the wrestlers in the match are the spotlighted ones, but you understand we need everyone to succeed. We sure do. Um, and I know like on Vancouver Island, there's one guy that referees. And wow. so he, he does a show of 10 matches and then the next night does 10 matches. And then um, like he, he just does everything and he'll come back between the matches. He'll towel himself off and he'll run back out there. <laughs> Wow, the, how how old is he? How long has he been doing this for? He's been at it for a while. Originally, he was a wrestler. Um, I don't know how long he's been refereeing. He's been since the start of Vancouver Island Pro Wrestling, so that's seven years at least. Um, and I think maybe maybe a little, little bit before that. That's a, that's also like an unselfish person that that they're willing to do. 10 matches Absolutely. back-to-back days. Oh, Yeah. He, uh, he often will be seen after the show with ice on his hand. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Uh, I once refereed a hardcore match, and I, like, damn near broke my hand uh, counting those uh, counts on the floor. So uh, I feel oh. for... If, if he ever referees my matches, I'm making sure we're definitely not doing anything outside. I'm going to, like, try to limit any <laughs> pinfalls. It'll just be submissions. It'll be like, do you want to quit? That's it. Just yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you got ten matches? We're not going to do too many falsies. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're feeling froggy one day and you think, ah, oh, we're the semi-main. He'll be tired. Let's wear him out for the main event. Who knows? <laughs> See, I've never had that, like, thought process of, like, tired. I also... I, my the way I formulate my matches, the intensity gets turned up later on. But I I try mm-hmm. to do a you know what a fish out of water spot is, right? Yes, I do. So I tried to do it, but then I don't know what happened. But we both forgot after like a sunset flip or something of how to like rotate <laughs> it around, and yeah. it just became like a cluster. And I was like, oh well, I'm never doing this again. I tried it, I failed. I'm just going to keep to, I'll give a back fist, just sell down to your knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've attempted one fish out of water and we had uh, we had eight or nine pins lined up and we got to the third one and set both kicked, like both kicked out and decided we were too blown up to do any more. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. Uh, is there like anything that if anyone's listening to this uh, right after this little part of just like a little wrap up of yourself, but anything that you want to tell anyone for either being into weird stuff or just to believe that you can do whatever you want to try out or go in nature more? Is there anything that you want to leave anyone with? Well, absolutely go in nature. You'll always find something that you haven't seen before, even if you've walked the same path a hundred times. Um, hell in Australia, they just discovered two new mammals and, uh, Australia is terrifying by the way to me. Oh, completely terrifying. Uh, I don't know if I would go do outdoorsy stuff there um, (laughs) because everything wants to kill you. Um, 
including the people when they're drunk, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to preach about getting outdoors when you're, when you're in BC and I mean, I've been to Ontario and I did the drive from, where was I? I was in Kitchener, Guelph, Guelph. I was flew into and I went to a speedway two hours away and all I saw was cornfields. Um, so it's a little bit different. Um, I even know people from Alberta who, as soon as they get through the Rockies, they, uh, they realize (laughs) why we recycle because the earth is actually pretty crazy and nature is neat. Um, but yeah, definitely get out in nature. And another mantra that I carry with me is, when is the last time you did something for the first time? Whoa. <laughs> like, I, I'm sober right now. I took a nap. But, like, that of when was the last time you tried something for the first time? Wow. Mm-hmm. So what that, was the last that, time that you tried something for the first time? It's been a bit because, you know, lockdown and all that it restricts you a little bit. <laughs> but um, that led me to running um, a half marathon without training for it. Um, I, yeah. And actually not doing so bad until, you know, afterwards where I fell down and couldn't get back up. Um, It's a marathon. It's a marathon. That's happens. Yeah. Um, but even if it's something small, like, you know, try a different yoga pose in the day or something, it just, get outside of your comfort zone because you don't learn there. And if you're not learning, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you're not becoming a better person. I, this is the first time I've talked to you. And just those last couple sentences, I'm like, this is a dude that I want in my life. These are the things (laughs) that you're saying it and it's clicking with me. Cause like, I read a bunch of like self-help books and like seize the day kind of bullshit but that whole when it's when was the last time you tried something for the first time? In my mind, immediately I go to extremes of like bungee jumping, skydiving, stuff like that. But then breaking it down to even as simple as trying a new yoga pose. Mm-hmm. Like that I there's just your mind just works on a different level. And I really appreciate the conversation that we've had. And uh like Thank you. These are all just little things that I I hope when people listen to this, they take away from it as much as I just took away from those last like two minutes. Hopefully. (laughs) It's that just like that whole thought process that the world is scary. Yes. But like trying new things and getting out of your comfort zone. But it doesn't have to be dive in the deep end. It could be just walk in the shallow end. And wow. As, as long as it's something new and as long as it challenges you, it doesn't need wow. to be challenging to the world. Just challenge yourself. Oh, I really like that. So leave everyone with like, maybe it could be if you summarized your character in a couple sentences while promoting your social medias, because I do love the fact that you put the fours instead of A's because <laughs> my, my internet presence was right after that was all like usernames on playstation and xbox where i i never used it but then i saw it everywhere and because i never used it i didn't know how to use it and now whenever i see your posts of it and it has like dream with the four there and i'm just like 
Oh man, like I, I love looking at your posts, even though yeah, it is hard to read sometimes, but I'm okay working working it out <laughs> in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, if you want to see my my crazy talking or pictures that I post of myself or aliens or I think I posted a five eye cat the other day. Um <laughs> Check out my Twitter and my Instagram is real Eli Surge. I'm a I've got a Facebook account and a Facebook pan, uh, fan page. Uh, I have a TikTok that I don't use, but you feel free to follow that. Um, and if you don't want to do any of that, just remember: do not believe reality. Boom! Just like that. Thank you so much, uh, Eli, for coming on. I enjoyed this. There's always with some people where the podcast, I'll get into like the 20 minute mark and I'm like, oh no, I don't know where I'm going to go with here. But literally from the 30 minute on part, I didn't look at the time and I didn't realize it was about 54 minutes now. Oh damn. I had no idea how long we'd gone either. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you so much for this. I can't wait to go to the West Coast and Hopefully, I, like, I at least want to roll around with you. I would love to have a match with you because I think, like, the promos would be so cool of you going the conspiracy route and me going the serial killer route. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Is is there anyone, because a lot of people in their own bubbles don't really see the other areas of, especially Canada. And I feel like if yeah. if all of Canada gets together and it's only a territory system because our country is so fucking big. <laughs> so that, fucking big. Holy shit. Like, yeah, I I would say we're we're friends. And then I have friends in the Maritimes. There's Winnipeg that I know of people, but I haven't gotten connections. Who are some people that you would want people to look up that might not know who they are? Uh, I mean, selfishly, I think my friends are fucking amazing. So Judas Icarus, mm-hmm. Travis Williams, uh, Elliot Tyler, or Beef Boy Elliot Tyler. Um, they, they are the young hungry people that I see all the time. Um, uh, outside of that, I mean, in Vancouver, we have the Voros twins who kind of just blew up with a, a TikTok thing <laughs> with uh, who painted the Mona Lisa Da Vinci thing. <laughs> um, there's a, there's an amazing amount of talent out here. Uh, if yeah. Is there any stuff of yours that is free online that people can look up and watch like on YouTube or even like IWTV? Yeah, I, uh, on IWTV, I am on some of the defy shows and what else is on there? There's something else that I'm in, but most, (laughs) mostly through defy. Um, it's, it's not the conspiracy character, but you can check it out. Uh, mostly it's myself and Judas Icarus as a tag team. Uh, we faced a lot of local guys, but then moved up to, uh, people such as Royce Isaacs and, uh, Jarrell Nelson Royce being someone who was with the NWA and, uh, I believe a tag team champion with, uh, Tom Latin, Latmere, Latner, uh, Bram, um, uh, uh, the the last couple shows we had there, we wrestled against uh, Guillermo Rosas and Psychosis. Jesus. And yeah, um, taking his leg drop from the top was awesome. Um, but uh, then we also had a fatal four away, which was a great match. 
myself, Judas Icarus, Travis Williams, and King Cash. Um, one of my favorite matches that we had there was against the Boros Twins uh, in Portland, and yeah, that was that was super cool. I have IWTV. You can check out YouTube. I have a couple matches on my personal YouTube account, which is just Eli Surge. I also have some. I have a bunch of conspiracy videos on there. And if you can't find that, there's there's a few pages around local BC that post videos, especially of the uh, the more recent ones I've done in Big West Wrestling in the Okanagan. Um, yeah, yeah, we got to get you out here, man. Uh, I pitched for when you were out here for us to face each other oh, because man, I knew no you way. had the, uh, the the wolf mask and I wanted to treat you like a werewolf and make a story around that. <laughs> yes, please. I, <laughs> I, I, because I, I like storytelling, especially with someone that's down to like commit to promos. And that's funny that you mentioned the the girlfriend earlier on in committing, where that's literally that's we're fucking pro wrestling fans. The WWE and places like that they have weekly television. We don't get mm-hmm. to do that, but we have our own versions. And when you get the mixture of good people that want to do it oh especially like with us not being in the same province the promos mm-hmm. building up is all and they're not gonna see us at the same show like a month before it happens exactly oh man i and the final one and then i'll let you go thank you for your time mm. uh it's what's your favorite conspiracy theory oh jesus big one oh, <laughs> um i mean there's so many conspiracies. My, like generally, I like to go to uh, cryptids more than conspiracies, just because I uh, I find more grounding within those. So stuff such as Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster, or the New Jersey Devil, um, things like that. But conspiracy wise. I really, By the way, we do need to do a uh, when I do go out there eventually. We need to film something on like cryptozoology because I don't know what I believe. To be honest, I just know I'm I'm an atheist now. I grew up Catholic, but I watched mm-hmm. so many of those shows of like the In Search of with Leonard Nimoy from the '70s, mm-hmm. Mystery Hunters, all of these shows that I'm like I have a lot of this information about the New Jersey Devil. Uh, the Ch- uh, Lake Champagne's uh, Champ uh, Loch Ness version, and I have all mm-hmm. this information that I'm like, I don't even know if I believe it, but I know things. There's a there's even a a lake monster out here called Ogopogo. That's um, the one I was trying to remember. I was thinking of Acapulco, like the Mexican city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and once you get out here, I mean. I don't believe you've been out this way before. No, not at all. So once you get out here, if you ever had doubts about the idea of Sasquatch being real, you'll fly over BC and see how much of it is truly densely forested and realize how easy it would be even for a seven to nine foot bipedal creature to disappear or hide or just stay out of view if they wanted to. Especially if they're intelligent enough to understand that. Exactly. And intelligent enough, because we can't find bodies, possibly to bury their own. 
Uh, oh, that's a good... Because I remember one of the Bigfoot things I watched was it's very rare that you would find just a dead bear in the woods because either like mm-hmm. parasites or other animals eating it where it's that fact of you bringing up. I like the, that you've talked about Bigfoot being intelligent the whole time and it burying its own. It's, it's kind of creepy because it's human characteristics, but like you could buy it. Like look at when a puppy dies in a new litter of how the mom treats it. It's they're animals, but they're not monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Did you figure out so, a, a conspiracy theory? <laughs> God damn, man! I'd have to look at my list, but uh, my my favorite one to spout off probably was the uh, the beginning of the pandemic, talking about replacing the batteries in the birds um, because they are drones. Um, because it's just it's so simple, but yet you know. There's that little that little hint, um, that or oh, I guess the the conspiracies around the chupacabra, whether it's a beast that was raised in the wilderness, whether it was an escapee from government testing, or maybe it's an alien. Yeah, uh, I love me some chupacabra talk, especially. But uh, I'll let you go, mm-hmm. Eli. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I can't wait till I make it out to the West Coast next year, and. Uh, I definitely have to start searching for uh, for drones that look like uh, birds because I'm definitely gonna, if I can get a remote control bird, I'm using <laughs> it in our match. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm in. Yeah, it, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you so much, Eli. I'll talk to you soon. I'll keep up to date on all your social media because you're you're very active, and I appreciate the activity that you post. Thank you so much. It's been good, man. Thanks. Hello, uh, another interview. Just waiting for Eli to pop in here and then I can send him an invite. Hello? How are you doing? Oh, I literally just woke up from my nap. Hello, Zeki. How's it going, buddy? Uh... It's Tuesday, I believe. It's been a long, it's been a long week. Just waiting for, uh, waiting for Eli. Uh, nothing much. Just, uh, just very tired and trying to find my uh, awakeness. Um, do, do, do. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, Travis is saying he's quite splendid. Uh, Zeki is over here. Uh, Joe's Thorington. Uh, I, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I haven't watched any of the Mandalorian, let alone, uh, let alone what's it called, uh, the recent stuff that came up. Uh, what's your opinion on it, Zach? You seem like a fan. What's up, Tommy? I love me some. Oh, God damn it. Uh, 
Love me some uh, Tommy Richardson showing up here. Uh, I don't think I fully explained to Eli that he needs to watch the live and then I would send an invite. He did say, I don't know how to do this, and I didn't explain it properly. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Hello, Spidey Billy. How's it going? Uh, so start watching my live video. Okay, Farid Zeki saying he loves the show. I'm hyped for the uh, the Marvel shows on Disney Plus coming. Uh, let me just type this out and I'll be right back. My live, then I will send you. Hello, Burberry Brad D. Young. Uh, Tom Richardson, I'm doing all right today. I'm tired. I just woke up from a nap. I worked about 2 to like 10 or 11, so... Uh, Yep, everyone asking me, it's going well, it's going well, I'm keeping busy. We filmed most of the holiday special on Sunday, we still have uh, some few bits and pieces of film in the rest of the month, but it's going very well, I'm very excited. You uh, a join request, and then, boom. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Okay, I'm very excited to have, uh, to have Eli on. Uh, he's such a nice dude. Like, even uh, me and Clay Wilson at dinner after training a couple weeks ago were talking about him. For I've not I've not met Eli yet, but I've communicated with him, and he actually hooked me up with a bunch of opportunities uh, when I was uh, supposed to. Here he is. Let me click the... Oh, I have to go here to click the name. Sending. Waiting. Hey! Oh, hello. The the uh, tinfoil hat is a very uh, interesting fashion statement, Eli. It's not a fashion statement; it's a way of life. Okay, okay. Why don't you? Uh, what we want to talk about way of life? Tell me mm. the origin of Eli, like pre-wrestling, like the existence of Eli. Ooh. Well, when a mommy loves a daddy very much. Uh, or they, they have together. some substances. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that might have been the case as well. But, uh. You know, I started as a, a small, small man, and now I'm a larger man. And uh, let's see, before wrestling, I, uh, I tried my hand in many, many things. Um, retail, kitchen work. I went to school for criminal justice. Um, I went and I tried the acting thing for a while, and... <laughs> That didn't work out. <laughs> so I, uh, I kind of just ended up with wrestling, I suppose. Um, moved out. Oh, there's some bit freezing. I don't know if it's on my end. Uh, just asking in the chat if this is going well. Uh, oh, no. Is this mic... Sorry, you cut out for a second there for me. I literally heard I found wrestling and then bum fuck nowhere. 
that's pretty much all you need to hear, man. <laughs> okay, so I just need to add, like, besides all of this, like, we've never met. This is the first time we're actually talking to each other. But mm-hmm. back in the beginning of the year when I said, oh, I'm going to be out on the West Coast for a few weeks, you reached mm-hmm. out to me and gave me a bunch of contact details to reach out to people. And Clay Wilson has been going over to the West Coast recently. And everyone's been telling him that he needs to meet you. Like, you are legitimately a word-of-mouth kind of good dude. Where did... Not where did that come from, but, like, in wrestling, it's very much a guarded thing of you need to, like, earn these weird respects. Whereas you're like, oh, you guys are good people. Here's opportunities and stuff. Where did you get that mindset from? within our business who needs a hand i'll give them a hand unless they prove themselves otherwise yes how long have you been in wrestling for uh i started training in september of 2015 okay uh i technically debuted two weeks into training um but i don't count that because Alberta's a wacky, wild place, um, and I didn't know anything, and they kind of just told me, go into the ring and fall down. Um, but, uh, yeah, I started training with, with Storm in, in September of 2015. I finished there November, and then pretty much right away started wrestling in Alberta, um, doing three shows a month, and then... Jeez. After that, I, uh, for, uh, (laughs) for Zeki over there. Yeah. Uh, I've never worked for, for Kurt outside of uh, a small referee job where I took a boot to the face accidentally as they were coming out of a tarantula move. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. And I, of course, decided that that would be the day where I would make my mark and I'd be the referee that wears glasses. So during the match, oh. uh, my glasses broke in the ring. I don't want to really dive into it much more than that, but so uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know if it's anyone else that's having it. There's a bit of like a connection issue. I don't know if it's on my end. Do you have Skype at all? Oh yeah. Uh, can I get your email and we'll record this over Skype? I'm so sorry, everyone. It's it's just this uh, weird stutter going on. I don't know if it's my Wi-Fi connection. It might also be me being in a bunker. (laughs) Ah, that might be it too. Uh, 
damn it. I'm, uh, I'm sorry I couldn't get this to work, guys, but uh, I'll be back. Cool. Thank you. Sorry, man. Uh, just uh, message me and I'll set it up. Thank you so much for understanding. Talk to everyone else soon. <laughs>